Welcome to Keep Sweet, the Positive World podcast. I am your host, Joshua Gonzalez. And with me, I have the ever-beloved Matt Tolbert. Matt, say hi. We're beloved today. Hey. Yes, you are beloved. Do you like beloved? Do you like being beloved? Mm. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, great. Um, what are you drinking today, Matt, that people want to know? I didn't ask last time. Mm, well, you told me I had to have alcohol to loosen up, so we have <laughs> some just whiskey on the rocks. And then what did we have before the whiskey on the rocks? We had a strawberry funnel cake frappuccino. Yeah, so you are like coffeeed up, sugared up, alcohol up. You better be as loose as a goose on oh, today's loose episode. As a goose. <laughs> and I have a... Um, Pumpkin spice frappuccino. Yeah. So, and we are not normally frappuccino drinkers to everyone out there listening. It's just a really rare treat today. We went for a walk and then we got fraps. You were in the mood and I take advantage of any time you're in the mood for me to have a cheat day. Oh, oh. Oh. He takes advantage anytime I'm in the mood, folks. Fair enough. Just know that. Um, so how are you doing today, Matt? How's life? What's new? What's going on with you? Oh, well, you know... What is since when? Since last podcast episode. Did you eat anything cool? See anything cool? See any friends? Go to any cool bars? Yeah, there's this place called Dear Irving. I've now been to, I think, maybe both of their locations. I don't know how many they have. But there's one in Gramercy that's very, like, speakeasy vibes and feels like Ooh. you need to, like, look everyone in the eyes because someone is a celebrity in there. I don't just think like I've ever felt like, like I need to look everyone in a room well, in their eyes. It's like, remember when we were at the uh, Carlisle after the Tonys and it's like, oh, everyone's yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. sort of like that kind of vibe where okay, you're like, I'm here for it. Right. And then we, then I took you and Shelly to the Times Square-ish location. Mm-hmm. And that was a totally different vibe, like rooftop, but like, casual cocktail lounge where you sit down. It's not like a crowded bar scene. Yeah. And great view. Great viewing. Great view. Good cocktails. Good cocktails. I had some great sliders that were a little expensive. Yeah, and but tiny. they were good. I mean, they're sliders. They're going to be tiny. Well. Anyway, that's enough talking about Dear Irving because they are not paying for this ad. Oh, but wow. if you need a good bar ride, I do recommend them. It was really great. And, and then for, you, what oh, have you been up yes, to? Thank you for asking. I was just going to start, but then you asked. Oh, you know, just opened a show called Return the Moon. It's going well. Everybody come see come see it. It's virtual and on Zoom, so no matter where you are in the world, you can see it. Link in the show notes for you all. But not and, just see it, like experience it. Oh yeah, it, experience participate it, participate in it. in it. You actually help make it. If you come, if you come to experiencing to experience it, you actually help make it. And that's some of the cool magic of the show is that we honestly cannot do it without the audience. And that's kind of cool. There you go. There you go. So come see Return the Moon. And then other than that, I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing all sorts of real estate goings-ons. Um, learning the lay of the land of the neighborhoods in Manhattan where I want to specialize in and get getting my clients out there so I can make those deals, get those commissions, and be the next million dollar listing star. Although with inflation, it's going to have to start being like a billion dollar listing, you know? Sure. But again, it's not about you. It's about the clients. And so you're like helping them find their dream home or sell their home in a, you know, way that um, makes them money so they can move on to their next place. Yeah, exactly. And it's so much fun, like, you know, getting to help people and like getting to, because especially like they don't know, because it's scary. New York real estate is very, very, very scary. And so I'm there to like, 
calm all of their fears, take on all of their burdens and be like, put all the stress on me because I'm the one that knows how to handle it. And you just like relax and have a good time on this real estate journey because it's exciting. You know, when you're selling an apartment or you're getting your apartment, it's very exciting. And I want them to keep that excitement, you know? Yeah. Today's episode, we have a wonderful conversation with a very dear friend of mine, uh, Brian Carey, Brian Russell Carey. My bad. I left out that astonishing middle name. Brian Russell Carey, his husband, Joey Contreras, was on an episode uh, a few episodes back. I say a few, but I think it's, I think it's a good amount now. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of episodes on this podcast. And he is sitting down and talking with me to educate me a little bit on the Mormon stance on the LGBTQ plus community and oh. like the back and forth that's been going on recently mm-hmm. and where we are in that situation. And he is a wonderful resource and I'm so thankful to have him to sit down and educate my ignorant self on that issue. Um, it's an issue I've been like wanting to really delve into, but I just haven't like known how or where or what to look for. Um, and he really did a lot of that work. And so we thank him and it's going to be a really great interview. So do stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, I have a really cool good news story. So the headline for this is an engineer has solved Kenya's waste problem, turning plastic garbage into bricks stronger than concrete. And she's planning to use these bricks to create low cost housing for impoverished Kenyans. There's a lot to unpack there, but it's all great. Isn't that so cool? So um, this star of a human being, her name is Nizambi Mati. Is she on TikTok? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. And she is an entrepreneur in Kenya, and she made a company called Gajenge Makers. I don't know how to pronounce that, but I tried. Uh, and they they turned the plastic waste from commercial facilities into bricks that can withstand twice the weight threshold of concrete. And so she's like, you know, like this is recycling to the max. So this yeah. is like upcycling. Wild. We're going to make this building material and then we're going to build all of these homes and we're going to house these Kenyans that need homes. And that's just incredible. And she's well on her way. And so she wins the good news hero of the day. Isn't that crazy? Totally. It's like, I did this good thing, which turned into this good thing so that we can all do this good thing. And it's like, wow, it's like five good news stories in one. I know, because especially like if whatever technology she came up with to make those bricks becomes more widespread. And so like people all around the world are able to turn our plastic waste into things like this. And then, you know, that's just more and more and more like, you know, I'm thinking like economy of scale. It's like, wow. But also just like the more, you know, examples and role models we have of women in STEM is really um, exciting to see. Especially a black woman. There you go. Crushing it. Anyways, that was today's good news story. And now on to today's interview. Hey, everyone. Today's podcast guest is actor, musician, and creative person, Brian Russell Carey. Everybody say, hey, Brian. Hi, everybody. How are you? How are you doing? I'm I'm so glad you're here. I want to open the show, actually, or this interview, actually, with uh, telling everyone that Brian Russell Carey's voice is one of my favorite voices in the entire world. And I tell him this constantly, (laughs) but also I don't tell him enough. 
No, I really appreciate that, actually. Like, truly. So I feel like you. I'm your number one vocal fan. I mean, I will. Uh, thank you. Please. It's, yes. You guys go look up YouTube videos of Brian Russell Carey singing. His voice <laughs> just has like the perfect richness and like a little bit of rasp, which I love. And also a slight twang, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is country roots. <laughs> uh, my Texas heart. It's so great. I love it so much. I could listen to it forever. So, Brian, why don't you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, who is Brian Russell Carey? Who am I? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm an actor and musician, mm-hmm. uh, and I do a bunch of other things. I'm a videographer. Oh, um, yeah. I do a ton of stuff. Oh. So it's, it's um, I'm in the creative world arena. Um, yeah, I am, I've been, I'm from Utah originally. Yes. Um, and live here now with my husband, um, Joey Contreras and link to his episode because he was on the podcast link to his episode in the show notes. (laughs) Um, and we live in Manhattan. We love it. Yay. We do love it. We love it. So you're thriving. So you are actor musician. You're in the theater world. Where did that come from? How did you discover that path for yourself? Yeah, um, so my family is very um, creative, artistic, musical. I grew up in a very musical family. Um, My dad plays piano and sings. My mom also is a singer. My brother plays a bunch of instruments as well. So I kind of just grew up in this family that we all played instruments. We all sang. Um, Like my, My mom was my first piano teacher growing up and then, oh. then my, my dad accompanied me was like my accompanist when I was singing all through like high school and everything oh, wow. like he's very good um so yeah that kind of that I was just was around that for so long um and then I remember like I did like the little plays and things at my at school and my very first role was playing Noah in Noah's Ark in oh. preschool. Oh, so wow. So that's some good footage, let me tell you. Started um, so young. So young. <laughs> it's such a title role. Uh, exactly. Um, but then, like, really, really, the first, my first, like, musical, I was probably, like, 10, maybe, and it was The Music Man. My mom said, hey, this summer, let's go audition for a, a uh, this, like, community theater. So we went to that, yeah. and that was, that was my first thing. And then that kind of just picked up from there. So was that, like, a, uh, like, all the roles were played by kids, or were you like Winthrop? I was not Winthrop. I didn't. I was like too old to be Winthrop, so that was that okay. was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> so I was just like a kid in the band. Oh, okay, so, great. But no, so it was it was like a it was like a like a full adult production. Great, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, later on, though, I played um, Tommy Gillis. Oh, okay, which, good. Yeah, the bad love, boy. The bad boy. Um, so. <laughs> In all of that, I want to know a little bit more about where your instrument talents, like where did you start gathering these? Because like you can play guitar, banjo, I'm just going to say them. And if you can't play that, just chime in. Great. Guitar, banjo, piano, violin, viola, cello, bass. I've seen you do it all. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, we can throw an accordion. Accordion. Too. Oh. Mandolin, maybe. Oh, oh. Um, one that I literally have just learned is the uh, tin whistle. So there you go. There you go. Just keep, <laughs> So you just keep on accumulating them. I guess. So where did that start? Um, it started with piano, I guess. That was okay. my very first one. Um, I started that when I was six. And then... I learned the viola next when I was about 10. Oh. Um, I went to play the violin and my mom said, there's so many violinists in the world. Why don't you play the viola? And I was like, 
great, sure. I don't know what that is. So I started playing the viola and um, played that, you know, all through all through high school and everything. Um, time where I was like, I'm going to be a concert violist. Like that's like what I wanted to do. Oh. That didn't happen. Um, but that's not yet. Not yet. We don't know. But then I kind of picked up the guitar a little bit when I was in high school, um, and then just everything kind of since then. Yeah, just kind of. It, it's one of those things. Like I tell people this, and it's uh, for me. It's like if people who speak several languages, like four languages, mm-hmm. it's like you can kind of speak 10 languages. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So that's for, for me, that's kind of what it felt like. like. Once I learned, like really learned how to play like three or four instruments very, very well, then it was like, oh, well, I can actually play. I can play well many instruments. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. If it has like a, if it has a key or if it has a string, I can play it. And then I, apparently I'm figuring out the tin whistle. So, that, but I, no, that, that's it. No, no reeds, no, no brass. Well, that's next. What's next? I, I don't, that's a good question. Um, I mean, things I've always been interested in, I've always wanted to learn how to play the harp. Oh. Um, it's like so big though. And like, I don't yeah, know. Like how do you, where do you get one to practice? Exactly. So I don't know if that will happen in the near future, but that is an interest of mine. Um, that would probably be next, I think. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get Brian Russell Carey a harp in the city. Let's go. Email us to <laughs> figure that out. Yeah. Okay, so I that is amazing, and I wanted to have you on because for people who haven't seen the news, which is kind of me because I don't know much about what's happening, there are some big happenings between the Mormon church and um, the LGBTQ plus community, mm-hmm. and me and Brian have kind of similar backgrounds. I grew up a very conservative Christian uh, went to a private Baptist university, am gay, and then moved to New York where, um, you know, that is a constant struggle of kind of like fighting those roots of the conservative Christianity, my gay identity, and also like still being a believer, but kind of not really believing in churches as a thing because they mm-hmm. seem to be have a lot of flaws, which is fine, but I just don't like being around that. Um, so, Brian, mm-hmm. you are Mormon. Yes. Yeah, I, I would say that I, I grew up Mormon. I don't sure, sure, sure. identify as Mormon now, um, but definitely grew up my whole life in the, the Mormon, the LDS faith. Um, went, on an, went on a mission as well. Went on a two-year mission. Did that. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up my whole... And I, then I went to school at BYU, um, which Brigham Young University is um, a private university that is owned by the LDS Church. Right. And so can you tell us a little bit about your own journey through um, growing up Mormon to where you are now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up and I was born into... Um, the religion. So like my parents were, are Mormon and, um, I kind of grew up with that. Um, and I, you know, as far as like the intersection of being Mormon and gay, um, I, you know, I knew that I was gay or something was different. Um, at a, I would say at like a, maybe when I was like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. around that time. Um, and kind of around like my early, early teens, um, I 
I say that I came out to my parents, but I, I didn't really. It was mostly just kind of like a discussion of like, oh, I think I have feelings. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of confusing. Um, at this time when I was coming out, when I, when I was a teenager, in Mormonism, in the Mormon kind of community, the term that was was, was frequently used and is still used is same-sex attracted. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the same for you as well, like in in, in, in the Christian um, world. But so at that time, I was same-sex attracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of what, 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 what kind of what, what only thing that was. So I kind of pushed that away, pushed that down, didn't really deal with it really, really all through um, high school. And, but in the back of my mind, I knew that I was gay. Yeah. Um, you know, and doing the whole like pray the gay away. That was definitely something that I was doing as, as a teenager, you know, just like praying to God saying, please can you just make me not gay? Um, because of the Mormon theology and being gay, there's so much, um, that is just so counter and it's so opposite. Um, and so being gay would just mean a whole lot of bad things for me in my life. Mm. So I went on a mission. I went on my, my Mormon mission. And luckily for me, that was a pretty positive experience for a lot of people. That, they don't have that, that. They don't share that. But I had a good time. Like I, I was able to kind of, um, I was able to meet a lot of people. I, I went to San Diego, the Carlsbad mission, um, speaking Spanish. So I was speaking Spanish for two years. And I, um, I had a great experience when I got, and, and when you're a missionary too, you're kind of just so focused on what you're doing yeah. on everything that you don't like, I wasn't dating anybody. So like my sexuality wasn't really an issue because yeah. it was just kind of like, oh well, getting home from my mission a week later, I just realized that like nothing had changed sure. and that I was still gay sure. and nothing was, yeah, everything was, was the same. So when did you like come to terms with the fact that like you felt like it was okay for you to be gay and, and how did that change your relationship to the Mormon church and community? Yeah. So after my my mission, I started to kind of really come to terms with myself that like, wow, I, I am gay and these feelings aren't going away. <laughs> I love that as wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I started, I met some people. I, I did like a summer stock contract and I met one of my best friends there. And he was like one of the first people that I actually came out to in a way that was like not, yeah. you know, I was like, I am gay. And he was gay and we were able to just kind of connect on that. Um, and then during my time at BYU, I knew I was gay. But at the same time, it was kind of this, this fine line of like, oh, well, maybe I still am going to marry a woman. Mm-hmm. That was kind of, I mean, that's something that is kind of, um, it's not, it's not uh, condoned or it's not endorsed by the Mormon religion, but a lot of people do it. Yeah. So mixed orientation marriages. Um, so I dated women and um, I had a girlfriend and she knew up front what was what was up. And that obviously came really quickly for me to realize, like, that's not working either. Yeah. So um, at, at that point, I kind of had really come to terms like, wow, I yeah, I'm gay and that's OK. And um, 
there's a couple more years after that of me just kind of figuring myself out and how that fit into the to the to Mormon religion, and that's kind of led me to where in the last like you know like eight years where I am today. Awesome. So I am, have a question because I don't know like you know you you said that like you being gay and in the Mormon community would mean a lot of bad things for your life. Mm-hmm. Is it is it like you are just like kind of like looked down upon and shunned a little bit or is it like actively like persecuted type of thing? I don't yeah. know how they yeah. do that. I'm, I, let me try and like explain it simply, I guess. But um, I mean, basic Mormon theology is that the highest degree of, um, of heaven, we'll say, of exaltation, of heaven, the, the, the highest degree that you could possibly get to means that you have to be married in a heterosexual marriage inside a Mormon temple. Sure. So in order to get there, you have to have that, that, yeah. that marriage. And the Mormon church is all about families. Families is, is a huge yeah. thing. The idea that you can be with your family in the afterlife, which is such a beautiful thing and something that I do believe in, that, that you can't like be with your family in the afterlife. However, the, if you are one of your, uh, one of someone in your family is not following all of the commandments and doing everything, then they will not be in the same place as the rest of your family. They'll be Mm -hmm. in a completely different place, a different kingdom is Mm -hmm. what it was called. So, and is that place like bad? Like, is that like a hell or is it like just different? It's not hell. It's like a lesser heaven. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not bad. So it's not bad. Um, but it's a lesser heaven. Okay. But it, it there is a um, a really kind of heavy feeling where it's like, okay, so if I'm, if I'm making this choice, not only am I choosing this for myself, yeah, it also means that my family also will not have this sure. too. So... Um, so yeah, cause, yeah, so when you say that it's like it's where it kind of gets tricky and, and where um, where there is some kind of dissonance is just the kind of mental gymnastics you kind of have to do um, just to be like, I either a, I need to marry a woman, even though I'm gay, I need to marry a woman and just live that life, or mm-hmm. I need to be celibate. And those are the only two options, sure. And that's it. And that's so lonely, yeah. you know, um, if you're thinking about it, like, wow, I'm either going to be in a, in a marriage with someone who I cannot have a fulfilling life with, or I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Yeah. So it kind of came to that moment for me where I was like, I don't think this is actually what God wants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think God wants me to be literally alone and or miserable in a marriage with someone else. Cool. And so once I kind of had that realization and I felt that God said, yeah, it's okay. It's like, it's all going to be fine. Like you're going to be, it's all good. Good. Um, for me, the, that kind of like lifted a lot of this, the stress off and like yeah. the, the, the weight. But so many teens, so many people that everyone that kind of grew up Mormon kind of goes through this similar thing. There's just so much eternal stakes involved. Yes. And, and yeah, that's very similar to uh, the way I grew up as well. Um, although it's like, we don't get the choice of a lesser heaven. 
um, a lot of people believe that it's like straight to the pits of hell, mm-hmm. burning brimstone and fire forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I also found that I don't think that's the case, uh, especially with like how much love I have found, not even in just like my marriage and my relationship, but like watching other people. And it's like, how can, there's no way that this like really great love and amazing life that these people are able to build is like completely against God's will. Exactly. It's just not how, I don't think that's true. Um, so that's incredible. That's mm-hmm. your path, your story. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's such, I feel honored and I hope my listeners do too as well. Um, now, I'm a little uh, interested in knowing more about the greater Mormon church and the current goings-ons with the LGBTQ plus community because I know over the last few years they ha- there have been significant changes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those are, so I'm probably speaking out of turn, but I remember they kind of were like, oh, gay is okay, question mark, for a second there? Did that happen? Kind of, kind what of. What happened? Yeah, so I'll, there, there's kind of like three events, and I'll kind of is, walk you through those. Is David Archuleta one of those events? <laughs> because he is one of my events. I mean, of course. Okay. We love you, David. Okay, um, no, but so I guess in, in 2000, I, I, it was supposed to have been 2015, there was a um, update to the church handbook that happened, um, which is like the... the the handbook that all um, local leaders use um, that basically said that um, children of gay parents cannot be baptized and are considered, uh, considered apostate and that a marriage between a man and a man or, you know, a a non heterosexual marriage was apostate status and there had never been anything that was so intense. That, that what was, is apostate status? That mean? means that, that means that you are excommunicated. You are oh, shit. you're no longer able to be in in the in the okay, church. So that's bad. That's bad. Okay. Yeah. You, all of your temple blessings, all of your blessings are taken away from you. You cannot serve in church. You cannot t- say a prayer in in church. You cannot do anything. Okay. You can come and you can sit, but that's it. Um, so another question and this may be too granular but how does that update happen like what's the like how did that update happen yeah there's literally like there's oh so um it comes from the um the church leadership so in the mormon church there is a prophet and he has two counselors and then there's 12 apostles it's kind of built just like um when jesus was on the earth it's the same structure so prophet two apostles 12 prophet two counselors 12 12 apostles. apostles 15 men um, specifically, and they decide that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that happened, and it caused a lot of pain in the in the Mormon. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of pain. Um, you know, it's 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 so sad, but like LGBT or suicide in Utah is the leading cause of death for youth. Oh. Um, which is so sad and so horrible. Um, but there have been so many. There have been so many um, over the last decade, specifically, um, and specifically regarding this issue. Yeah. Um, and it's just so sad and it breaks my heart. Um, so that happened. Then, let's see, if I can't like, call my dates right. I, I, I want to say maybe in like 2018, maybe. Sure. Circa, we'll say circa. Circa 2018, yeah. We, we are not you historians. Can, yeah, yeah, you can look this up. But um, 
some of that some of that that language was softened then. Um, but there was never like an acknowledgement of like, yeah, we realized that that was like kind of like hurt you and like that was like kind of intense. It was just like, so now you're actually not excommunicated. You can kind of still you're you're not. You're, it was just everything was kind of softened. Sure. So that was like, oh, okay, maybe this is like kind of a step. I was like four steps back, like two steps forward, I guess. Okay. Um, so then I was like, okay, so like maybe gay is kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're back to like lesser heaven status. Lesser heaven status, okay. exactly. Um, then um, another kind of big event that happened was actually right before the pandemic um, at BYU, um, there was a, in the, when you attend BYU, you have to agree to an honor code. Yes. Which you know beforehand, this yeah. is a set of rules. It you was the same drink. at my private Baptist university. We could, we, yeah, we couldn't drink. We mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So one of them, I don't know if it was there, but you could not, you could not date. Like you cannot, uh, um, you couldn't have any expression of homosexual um, feeling. So mm. no hand holding, mm-hmm. no dating, no kissing, whatever. It, it, there's kind of like a double standard in there because um, heterosexual couples can do that. Yeah, they can do all those things. Um, and the like overarching commandment is the law of chastity, which is don't have sex. Right. So straight couples can do it. Gay couples cannot. So back in um, around, I want to say February 2020. Okay. The BYU put out a statement saying that they've updated their the honor code that you w- basically wouldn't be kicked out of BYU if you like went on if if, if um gay couples went on dates sure. or they they were to hold hands or something like that you still can't have sex but it's like it, yeah. you wouldn't get kicked out of BYU which that was like huge yeah like, that was like I bet. that was like major then literally Three weeks, two or three weeks after that, okay, they completely reversed and oh, said, damn. "That's not what we meant." And oh. <laughs> sorry about the confusion, but like, no, 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 just clarifying that, like, okay. no, 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 actually not. And you can imagine that, like, was had a lot of pain and a lot of frustration, and there was like protests all over. There was protests here in New York City. Oh, wow. There was like protests like everywhere. This was like March, like. 12th sure um yeah (laughs) great um and then we know what happened and so you're saying that byu caused the pandemic yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) no um but then like the pandemic happened and there was like other issues happening and then like that literally just got like swept under the rug and it's like okay um and then I guess most recently, the, the most recent event um, was, was David Archuleta coming was David out. David Archuleta coming out, <laughs> which was followed um, by <laughs> um, no, but th- there was a uh, just a couple weeks ago there was a speech given at BYU. Um, it was like a, it was like a back to school type speech for faculty, and one of the apostles came and talked. Um, oh wow! And um, so. A couple of years ago, too, in 2018, I think it was maybe 2018 or 2019, the valedictorian at BYU, in his commencement speech, came out. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes, um, which was a big deal. Um, but again, he had his speech approved. Everything was fine. This was like years ago. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and this leader brings this up and says, how calls out this student saying that, you know, he commandeered the podium and what's next, basically. Like, anyone can say anything. And, like, he 
he was saying something that was personal to him, but it's like a valedictorian speech should be applicable to everybody and to the, to the, like the, the student body as a whole. And then also compared that um, defenders of religion need to bring up their musket, their muskets and their musket fire. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the phrase that was used muskets and musket fire, which is so inappropriate given the fact that to compare literal firearm violence yes. against LGBT people. Yes. It's shocking and like mind boggling that that was said. And the, it was laced with a lot of love, quote unquote love. It was laced with a lot of, you know, flowery language about how we love you and we love the LGBT people, but we don't condone anything you're doing, right. and we cannot we cannot um, confuse acceptance with condoning. So we cannot we cannot um, confuse love with condoning. Sure. So this obviously caused a lot of pain too. Yeah, I like, bet. Yeah, and that's kind of where we are right now. Um, there was you know these people like drew a bunch of like chalk art on on like on uh, in, in, like rainbows. That's another thing he said. He's like flags and pins and you know symbols maybe you should refrain from using those so people are like well no we're gonna draw our rainbow art and you know there was already footage of people coming and and you know putting water all on it and giving homophobic slurs um some hate hate language hate speech so that's where we are here we are this is where we are 2021 it's it's kind of coming hope maybe to some Point, like bigger of a head than it's ever come to before, I think. Yeah, the, the, it's like very brewing for sure. So, so where do you? What is your opinion? I mean, I know you're not like reporter in chief, boots on the ground. I know you're <laughs> not that. But do you have any kind of sense of what the current community is swaying? Like, like for instance, in in most even like Christian and Bible Belt, we are seeing less politicization of the LGBTQ plus issue Mm -hmm. and so like even more people in the churches and the younger generations are like totally cool with it and totally cool is that happening in utah in the mormon community i think so like i think it's slow i do think it's happening though i mean look even from when i was a teenager to now like it's just like completely different so i do think that there is a more i mean that generation you know gen z is just already more more aware about social issues. So I do think that 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 is changing and people are speaking up and, you know, um, so I think that that's exciting. And, um, but yeah, there's still a lot of, there's a lot of work to do. Sure, of course. And, and where do you think, um, the, I mean, oh my God, like, I don't want to ask you this, but you're not a monolith. I get it. But like, where do you have a temperature on like what some, people who grew up or who still consider themselves Mormon and also LGBTQ plus, like where, where they, where some of those people may be at, like, are they like hopeful for a future where they can really be a part of the church or are they kind of keeping just Mormon to themselves? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I think that every time something like what happened a few weeks ago happens, it's just kind of like, it's it, it it's frustrating and it's and it's sad for a lot of these people. So and, and you know and I do personally know I mean a bunch of people who are gay LGBT in the LGBT community and also identify as Mormon and 
a lot of times they have a lot of kind of like positive hope and then something happens like this and it's like, yeah, oh, like really, you know, and there's, it does cause a lot of hurt and a lot of questioning. So I think that, I don't know. I mean, currently right now today, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I mean, that's not awesome. I mean, it's like, thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. Because I wanted to know. Um, but there's a couple of organizations that I would love to to talk about. Hell yeah, do it. That, it will not um, hell. Heaven yeah, yeah. do it. <laughs> that are, are just important to me and to this whole issue. Um, one of them specifically is Encircle. Um, Encircle is a, is a, um, it's a house and there's several houses. Um, there's one in Provo, there's one in Salt Lake City, there's one in St. George. And, they're um, a place where everyone is welcome, and it was founded by a, a Mormon woman, and it um, it's for teens, it's for youth, it's for um, their parents, it's for church leaders, and it's everyone can come here, and you can feel totally no judgment. You are safe. You are wanted. Um, they provide they provide free therapy. They have therapists oh, wow. there for people. Um, and it's just really an amazing organization. Um, in circles, what they're called. Okay. Um, Joey and I actually were were able to like do a little concert there a few a few years ago, um, yeah. which was really special. And so look them up. And then another one is um, Love Loud, which um, is a little bit more of a of a kind of more of a national um, one a national organization. But mm-hmm. Love Loud is specifically about um, regarding this issue. Um, Dan Reynolds, who is the lead singer for Imagine Dragons, grew up Mormon, and he started this this organization, which which raises money and awareness for um, LDS youth suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. They do a big concert um, usually every year. Um, look it up; it's pretty it's pretty amazing. amazing. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a documentary on HBO called Believer, which kind of follows the, this the Love Loud. Um, the Love Loud story and everything that I've been talking about is all yeah. in, in the documentary. So okay. would, would recommend. Okay, great. Yeah, and I have links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for those resources. That's such yes. a great like actionable thing to actually do to yes. help this issue. Because I'm just sitting here like, what can I do? This is terrible. Let's yeah. make it better. Um, yeah, thank you for educating us. And like, I mean, I knew that this was probably how it was, but it's very nice to like know for like real, like yeah. what's going on, what's happening, how we can help, how we can make things better. Um, and all that jazz. Thank you so, so, so much for coming. Yes, and I, again, feel honored for have you here as a resource to like help clue us in. Yeah. Is there anything else about like anything else you want to plug or say or wishes for this issue any kind of options? yeah i mean look i ultimately what breaks my heart about this whole thing is just like, like right now i'm in a good place you know like i yeah. i i have reconciled everything and so when stuff happens i'm like annoyed and i kind of roll my eyes a little bit at this point but what what breaks my heart is is just knowing where i was 10 years ago yeah. and knowing that there's so many kids so many people that are that that you know are that is just, they're just so vulnerable. And that is what breaks my heart about this whole issue. So yeah, if you can go visit those, you know, follow them on Instagram, go, go, you know, watch the documentary. I think just, um, knowledge is power and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will. 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Uh, on a lighter note, hopefully, yeah. what is next for Brian Russell Carey? What, what is, is next, next for you? What, is, well, what, are you? what are you up to? Tonight, I'm going to see my friend Diana Huey. Her solo I love Diana. Show. I know. She's great. Her solo show at Green Room. 42. Oh, wow. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, what, what is next? Um, working on a lot of stuff with kind of with my, with my husband on some of his shows. So we have some exciting mm-hmm. plans. Go follow In Pieces musical. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you fo- we're following you where? Yes. You can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on everything, at, um, at Brian R. Carey. So you can find Brian me. Brian R. Carey. Yeah. Great. And I'll have that link as well in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and blessing us with your presence. Of Thank course. you, Brian. It's my pleasure. Until next time. Okay, we are back from the interview with Brian Russell Carey. Matt was alluding to me drinking my pumpkin spice frappuccino. Matt, you are a gay Christian. Mm. How are you feeling with like that little bit of like tug of war between like the capital C human church and their stances on things? I mean, honestly, maybe it's just like who I surround myself with, but they really feel like the minority in my world. Like I feel like so many Christians are gay affirming or Mm -hmm. gay. And, and so I think we're in the majority. I don't think we're quite in the majority yet. I I mean, at least in my world, I think well, yes, of course, because we surround ourselves with cool people, great people. I do think it's probably like a little bit half and half. And we, and me and Brian did touch on this about how we do feel that the uh, younger generations, like our generations and younger are so much more accepting and so much more in line with like gay is okay and totally cool with God. Um, so I do think we're going to see a big shift in like, as the leadership changes guards and churches and stuff. Yeah. But also like, I don't care. Like it's between me and God and like, I don't really care what some old school church leader thinks. Sure. Sure. That's very fair. And I'm the, I mean, I'm the same way. So, um, you heard it here from us, folks. We don't care. <laughs> but we do care about the issue and we do care about... Um, like, I care about people who are in those environments and just surrounded by those people. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, Definitely, like, uh, the negative word like, yeah, brought yeah, down. 100%. And, and, and me and Brian also touched on, like, the biggest thing that breaks our hearts um, is the people who are caught up in that community who feel who are feeling the pain of it. Like, because, because the church means so much to them and those people, those elders mean so much to them. Mm. And now those people are turning around saying, you know, like they're not worth anything. They're going to hell. They're going to lesser heaven. It's not going to be good for them. That's what breaks our hearts is the people feeling that unnecessary pain from, from those people. So that was a wonderful, wonderful conversation um, with Brian. And again, all my thanks to him. Go follow him. All of his social media and things are going to be um, in the show notes below. And also, like, go watch his YouTube videos again because, again, his voice is one of my favorite voices on the planet. It's like I have, like, a top five and he's in there somewhere. It's just perfect. I think he has a perfect voice. It's amazing. And he can play, like, every instrument. Yeah. So talented. Share the episode if you liked it. That really is like the best thing you can do. Share it. Make an Instagram story about it. Make a TikTok about it. Follow me on TikTok at Josh Wadham. And yeah, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. I hope you, this was such a 
fun spot. You got a little, um, what's it called? A little boost in your week. And yeah, as always, keep sweet. <laughs>